The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To the house, This is unbelievable. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. It's Thursday. We got week five on deck. I'm joined by Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli. We're back. It's the Locks Podcast. We got a lot to get into. We got a lot of logs to put on this fire. Locks to serve to you. Um, but gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm great. I am super confident. I think we're going to kick kill it this week. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to just keep keep on chugging, keep on chipping, chopping wood, chipping away at this thing. This uh this this battle, this this long season war season long war between us uh, that will extend on into the postseason. Uh, we we know that y'all are following along. We love the listeners that actually even hold us accountable, even though we've got our own record keeping department. Thanks to uh thanks to Barton Simmons. But uh, before we start to get it review last week and get into these locks, um, a quick announcement for our listeners. So you all have been voraciously consuming the instant reaction show, and we're very excited about that. And so we're going to add in a new little wrinkle. If you go uh, to our, to one of our pages uh, and you go as, for example, on uh, Apple podcasts and you leave a five-star review during Saturday with a question, then we will come back and we will answer that question or at least discuss that topic on the Instant Reaction Show. For uh, those who might not know exactly when we record it, we usually wait for the whatever the 7.30 or 8 o'clock, sort of that big primetime slot. When that game is in the books and we're done with our responsibilities, then we'll link up. So you've got between, uh, you know, Friday night or Thursday night, if you're getting in on the action and... Uh, all the way through those eight o'clock games, you go to our page, you give us a five-star review, you leave us a question or a comment that you want addressed on the Instant Reaction Show, then uh, then we'll do it. So we're gonna try this out. It's almost like a little little listener interaction, and uh, and you know, as long as as long as we can answer it while maintaining our jobs, I, I think that this will this will get a, a little bit of nice back and forth to the Instant Reaction Shows. I'm excited about it, guys. And feel free to just give us a five-star review regardless. True. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> the 
the bosses the bosses like the five star reviews. So I mean, uh, if you can help help your boys out with that, then that's great. You d- yeah, that's it doesn't have to be on Saturday. We we accept five star reviews seven days a week. Yeah. Also, our Venmo is open. You can send us money <laughs> in. Uh, all right. Let's quick review of last week before we get into our week five locks. Uh, our week winner was Barton at four and three. His wins were Wisconsin minus three, never a doubt. Oregon minus 10. Uh, Colorado plus eight. How about the buffs getting it done in shorts? LSU minus 23 and a half. The, the few losses were the over 73 in Oklahoma State, Texas. That was uh, the right side. Texas A&M <laughs> minus three and a half, and uh, in Tennessee plus fourteen. Other than uh, other than your Oak State Texas uh, comment, any, any any standouts from your results last week? No, I mean it was clearly the wrong side on A&M in Tennessee. Even though I think Tennessee, like they just there, there's a way that could have worked out, but Jared Guarantano wasn't helping. Um, but uh, it was one of those weeks that it felt like, felt like, my, I liked my picks, and it felt like it was a good week. And then you look up, and you're only up one, on the above 500. So a little disappointing in that regard. Tom, it was second place for the week, and uh, and his wins were the under 62 in Missouri, South Carolina. Are we going to be coming back to the uh, – well, uh, no spoilers. Syracuse minus five was a win. UCLA plus 19 was a win. That's an all-caps win. win. The greatest win that we've had of the season so far. The losses were under 45 in Wisconsin-Michigan. Uh, Texas A&M minus three and a half. The under 50 and a half in Arizona State-Colorado. That game got out of hand real quickly early. And then Bowling Green, my man. Are we done saddling up with Scott Leffler and uh, Brian Van Gorder? Have we learned our lesson, Tom? Never say never. <laughs> <laughs> Three and five on the week, uh, 18 and 20 for the season. Chip, just still bleeding out. Uh, actually, it was okay last week. Two and five this week, though, from five and three to two and five. The losses, they are many. Under 45 in Wisconsin, Michigan. Air Force plus eight. Georgia minus 14. And then I was also on that under 50 in Arizona State, Colorado. Uh, the two wins were, oh, and BYU plus six and a half against Washington. They got, uh, Cougs got stomped. And then Syracuse minus five and Oregon minus 10. Chip, two and five on the week, 14 and 19 on the season. Whew. Gentlemen, got work to do. I want to say that. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just. I'm 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 sitting I'm just sort of barely above 500 here um, last week and and I'm not blowing it out of the water. I'm gonna need you guys to just to to get it rolling here because I've got a bad week coming at some point and uh, you know we're now below 500 on the season for the locks the the for the the syndicate. Um, we need to we need to pick it up guys 19 12 and 2 for barton 18 and 20 for tom 14 and 19 for chip if if we don't include the dentist we're a perfect 51 and 51 oh that's so it's all the dentist's fault thanks for nothing the dentist had the dentist is is bemoaning a lot of injured quarterbacks that have totally blown (laughs) three of his games this year we'll uh we'll see if uh we'll see if he gets it straightened out this week does he have a does the dentist have a pick he does have a pick. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. All right. You guys ready to lock it up? Yep. We're picking 
locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, Barton, you are the week winner and the season leader. The honors on the tee box are all yours. Take us where you want to go. Uh, this is we're recording this on Thursday morning. So for those of you that are punctual and are going to listen to this on Thursday, you got a little uh, a little something special, little gift for Thursday night football. Memphis Navy is tonight. Is that not? Am I, am you, I right on that? You, you got Correct. it. Well, I'm on point. Um, I've actually kind of been eyeing this Memphis under train early this year. And I think this is a good opportunity to play it. Uh, Memphis is, under Mike Norvell, has this uh, perception, this identity as a a really explosive, high-powered offense. And they typically have been that. But I think this team is a little bit different. I think Brady White is a competent, solid quarterback, but is not an explosive, dynamic quarterback. I don't think he allows them to be super explosive and dynamic. The offensive line is not the same offensive line as it was. The run game is still solid. Like, it's just a solid offense across the board. Capable. Um, And and maybe the best team in the AAC, but but it's because of their defense this year that they're different. My, My hesitation here is that the best part of their defense is their pass defense, not their run defense. But that said... I think these are two teams, and Navy's the same. I mean, if you look at their yards per play defensively, this is the seventh and fourteenth best teams in the country. So, if the seventh and fourteenth best defenses in the country are playing, wouldn't you expect the, the number to be a little lower than 40, 54 and a half? And especially if one of those teams is a triple option, run heavy offense. So, I am going to on a Thursday night play the under 54 and a half i've got no disagreement with you on like a couple of sort of base principles i'm not going to make a play on it but you're never going to uh i'm never going to scoff at a service academy under and i'm never going to scoff at a thursday night under i haven't had uh as close eye on memphis so far this year so i'm excited to get them in this you know semi-spotlight kind of moment but I, i i wish you luck my friend yeah, I'm not I'm not locking it up, but I do have to pick this game because it's the only game on Thursday and I've got to give out a Twitter tip or else they'll send me to prison. <laughs> so I mean, I haven't dug completely in, but I'm from what I've done so far, that's where I'm leaning for with this pick. I'm probably going to be on the under because another thing too, it's if you look at Memphis, it's not just their offense has been more, you know, I don't know, not, I don't want to say conservative, but it's been more efficient than explosive. They've also slowed things down. Like if you look at how the pace right now, they've they're the thirty third slowest pace as far as how many seconds are running between plays when they have the ball. And you look at Navy, obviously as an option team, they're always moving at a slower pace. They're fourteenth, so these are two teams that really aren't going up tempo very often, which you know helps with unders. I think Memphis knows what they are. I think they know that they're not the same team that they've been. They know that their strength is more their defense than their offense, and so they're gonna. They're going to lean into that this year. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, ride that under with me, Tom. Love it. Probably uh, will, yeah. Uh, Tom, where do you want to go? 
Well, if Barton's going to start on Thursday night, I guess I'll start on Friday night. I am taking Arizona State plus five at Cal. I just think, you know, Arizona State got out of its comfort zone last week against Colorado, got into a shootout, and that is not something that Arizona State or Herm Edwards designed this team to do. They just want to, you know, win with their defense. They, they're fine winning six to nothing, not 66 to 60. And I think that this matchup against Cal puts them right back in their comfort zone of what they want to do, like we saw a couple weeks ago when they went on the road to East Lansing as two touchdown underdogs and pulled out the win. The total on this game right now is anywhere between 41 and 42, depending on where you are. I like the under, but the total is a little too low for me to want to lock it up. So I'm going to take those five points if I get it, because I'm expecting this matchup on Friday night to be somewhat of a rock fight, a low-scoring slugfest. And also, there's just a trend on Friday nights. I don't know if you notice in the Pac-12, but favorites usually win in Pac-12 games, or favorites usually lose outright in Pac-12 games on Friday nights. So that trend is working in my favor for Arizona State and the points as well. So I like the Sun Devils plus five. Lock it up. Lock agreement. There we go. Uh, I mentioned this on CBS Sports HQ, but if we're going to be talking about a game that potentially might be low scoring, I'm going to take Jaden Daniels over Chase Garbers in the in the fourth quarter of that game. And with the fact that we've got this thing at a place where you know even a field goal loss might get it to us, then you know I'll I'll take that for sure. And for those who who want to get frisky with it, I mean our system isn't built for uh, for such locks, but. If you're if you're trying to jump back up and, and and get a little steam back, I might sprinkle this money line. I might I might think Arizona wins this game. Uh, you know, straight up. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chip, play that Queen Latifah, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing like a little Friday night unity. Yes! Unity before Saturday even hits. See, this is going to be a good weekend for it's the Lock Spot. It's going to be a good weekend, we're, we're already in tune like this on the second pick of the pod. We're, we're going to be good this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, first of all, this Cal team, they are – are they 4-0 right now? They're 4-0, right? Yeah. Yep. That's, that is a – that is a gross 4-0. It's fraudulent. <laughs> I mean, that, that is, that is uh, just a silly 4-0. They beat UC Davis. They beat North Texas in a, in a grinded-out sort of nasty game. They beat Washington thanks to this ridiculous four-hour weather delay. And then they beat Ole Miss in a game that, I mean, Ole Miss you know, might have won had they reviewed the, the second-to-last play of the game. I, I, and I take nothing away from that win. I think that was actually impressive to go across the country and and win in the morning in SEC country. I just think this Cal team is is what they are, which is a team that can ugly up a game and find a way to win. But it's sort of fun, like you know, in the in the playoffs in basketball, when you kind of you just sort of like find the waves of of a series and 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 you can play the you can play the first quarter line you can play the first half line you figure out kind of who's who's motivated in what half and and just sort of ride this this wave like I think that's what this is kind of like in the in in the Pac-12 right now with Arizona State 
you figure out like where's the spot they're going to let up, where's the spot they're going to be ready, you know, where they do, where are they not. I think this is another spot where Arizona State is is just sort of due for another good game, and Cal is their luck kind of runs out a little bit. So I like this one here with Arizona State to win it, and I'll say I got I'm very tempted to play the over here too. I've got it on my sheet. Um, I I guess I'll just I guess I'll play it. Um, <laughs> just lay it out there. I mean, go all in on Friday night. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't want to go overboard on on two quarterbacks that threw for over 300 yards last week because that could be the exception to the rule. But both Chase Garbers and Jaden Daniels seem to be gaining the trust of their offensive coordinators a little bit, and so. This is still a Pac-12 after dark game. This is still, uh, you know, two teams that are, I think, showed have shown capability of scoring, and, and we're treating this like it's, like it's Michigan State Northwestern. Um, and so, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's 41 is a number. I'll play over 41 in this one as well. Yeah, I do feel like I'm looking at Cal, and I, I don't want to like take away their flowers like chase garbers throwing for over 300 yards is is stunning you know to see that on the road against Ole Miss but that Ole Miss might have won that game you know if if not for the uh the visiting Pac-12 officials that opted not to uh to place a review so yeah I, I like jumping on the other side of the Bears for sure um all right well Anything else from, let's see, what what's the other Friday night game? Our Penn uh, State, Maryland? Duke, Virginia Tech, Penn State, Maryland, and Air Force, San Jose State. While we're uh, sitting here in this pocket, any anyone else got any other Friday night locks? Not locks. I got some leans, but not locks. Mm, don't bring a lean to a lock fight. I won't. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take us to Saturday then. And I, I, I don't want to overthink this. Um... There, I spent most of the week so, sort of talking out loud about seeing if Notre Dame was going to be able to respond from the Georgia game, avoid a letdown against a Virginia team that's that's hungry and, and really trying to level up. And the more that I've thought about it, the more I've poured over this game, the more that I just I don't want to overthink this because this uh, this Virginia team is is not where Notre Dame's team is. This Virginia's program has come a long way from where it was, but don't don't make up um, don't use the distance that Bronco Mendenhall has taken this Virginia program to lead you to believe that in 2019 that this team here in week five is sitting on the same plane as Notre Dame. And so the fact that Notre Dame's back home playing in South Bend, uh, I I think that the Wahoos who don't make a lot of mistakes and are very well coached. And Bryce Perkins is is a very like unique offensive weapon that can just drive a defense crazy. For all those things, I understand, but I I believe that Notre Dame, if the odds makers are going to trot out something between ten and fourteen, I, I I don't want to buy into the body blow. I'm going to believe in the Irish, so I'm going to lay a big old hunk of points. What are we sitting at? A dozen, twelve, twelve and a half. We are at. Where'd you go? 
Yeah, it's 12 and a half right now, most places. All Let right. If, oh, I could find 11 and a half at Circa, though, and that's in America, so you could legally gamble there. <laughs> okay. Well, I will take Notre Dame and I'll lay all these points because uh, I think that in the same way that you come away from the Georgia game uh, really starting to feel like Notre Dame's in a little bit of a different place, and it's something that we've discussed all week. We talked about it with Brady Quinn. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go and check it out. I. I, I feel very confident in uh, in Notre Dame in this spot. I'll lay the points. Tom, you got anything on that one? Uh, I have it in my six pack column, but I'm not locking it up for the pod. No. Where were where where did you go on this on the six pack on this one? I'm on the under in this game. Yeah, I I'm I've gone back and forth on this one, and I think I'm as as we sit here on Thursday, I lean Virginia. Uh, I just, man, that's just, it's kind of a scary spot. Virginia's going to, going to try to slow this game down. I think Notre Dame is, is really well equipped to deal with the style of play that Georgia brought to them. I think, you know, you could see a little bit of that. The Louisville struggles rear its head against a team like Virginia. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just scared of this one. Uh, I have I have no lean, I guess, but uh, but Virginia, I don't know. Virginia seems to make more sense to me, so I, I'll I'll root for you here, Chip. But yeah, my me. my fear with the pick of taking Notre Dame is what something we discussed on Saturday night when talking about Notre Dame Georgia. It's just I don't know who the the game breaker is on that Notre Dame offense, and I feel like a spread this large in a game with I don't think there'll be too many points. I just I, I don't I, th- I feel like this is going to be an efficient kind of win for Notre Dame, but not like a blowout kind of win, which I, the, the spread on this game. I just don't like it at all. Either way, really. Seven catches, 120 yards and two touchdowns for Cole Komet. There's your game breaker, Tom. Yeah, but that's not game breaking. That's just <laughs> getting 12, 14 yards and going down once you make the catch. Hey, big tree fall hard. I'll take it as long <laughs> as we can get the uh, the cover. All right, so let's go to Tom. All right, uh, for my next pick, this game will be going on possibly while we're recording the reaction pod on Saturday night. I'm taking Wazoo plus six at Utah. Ooh. I, I know that Washington State gave up 50 points in the second <laughs> half to UCLA last week. I don't know if you guys heard about that. It was it was glorious. But Utah also lost to a USC team that was reduced to its third-string quarterback very early in the game when they knocked Kadan Slovis out. And also, as we talked about on Saturday night, there was the Utah fan that I was talking to that told me that he was worried about that game because the Utes struggle with air raid offenses. So I did some research. Since 2017, Washington State has now played five games against air raid offenses or offenses that were averaging at least 300 yards passing per game. Utah has, you mean? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, Utah has played five games against them. In those five games, they are 1-4 and four against the spread, as well as 1-4 and four straight up, and that includes the loss to USC on Friday night, and they've lost their last four. Two of those losses came to Washington State, Washington Wazoo beat Utah 33 to 25 in Salt Lake in 2017 and last year they beat them 28 to 24 up in Pullman. So Utah has shown a history of being a not defensively not having as much success against teams that could throw the ball or air it out. 
Plus, there's the injury questions to both Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley. And while Kyle Whittingham is not being forthcoming on the status of either, from what I could tell, I feel like Zach Moss is the one that's more likely to miss the game. I think Huntley's going to play. He's banged up. But I think there's a pretty decent chance they're going to be without Zach Moss. And if that information becomes public before the game time, I think that this spread is really going to start heading in Washington State's direction. So while they're still getting six, I really, really liked Cougars. And this is another situation where I wouldn't be surprised at all if Wazoo wins this one outright. So if you want to sprinkle some on the money line, you know, feel free. Tinkle. Well, just, just, yeah. I mean, I mean after it, last week, what Washington State did, I mean, this is a, this is a ballsy play, Tom. But, a uh, ballsy man. <laughs> <laughs> I Think, like it. Things have like changed it. for Utah too. Like to go from uh you know the Pac 12s yeah before the USC game to to where we're at now especially if Washington State were to go and win. I like the pick Tom. We we've, we've talked about it a bit through the week. I I I think all that logic is sound, and especially when you just go to the like Mike Leach against Kyle Whittingham. It's been advantage Leach recently and Whittingham's team is banged up. Like that's that is uh that's 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 enough for me. I'm I'm not gonna jump on it because I'm you know I don't bite rhymes. I don't I don't just <laughs> <laughs> I don't grab it. But I I think that that's all uh, sound logic. And if Utah takes this loss, man, it's just gonna be a a ho hum like eight and four season where they're probably gonna knock off someone and spoil their chances to go and win the Pac-12. Hmm. Uh, all right, let's go to Barton. All right. Well, look. Let's just let's just call this the Pac-12 pod. I got another. <laughs> I got another Pac-12 little little juicy nugget for you. Um, look, I've been on this Stanford train, right? And and a lot of folks have been riding me on this Stanford train, and it's been it's been good. It's been good for us. It's been nice. It's been safe. You know, it's felt comfortable. Stanford's been the underdog in these games, and you go and you know you pick the favorite and. Um, it's been easy, right? But you know, anytime you want real results, you got to do things that are hard. You got to go to a place that's uncomfortable. How about Corvallis, <laughs> Oregon State, catching four and a half at home? You really want to ride this Stanford train? Do you really <laughs> want to face Stanford? You really want to have conviction about this Stanford team? Now's the time to prove it. Ride with me on Oregon State plus four and a half against Stanford. This is an Oregon State team that can score. This is a Stanford team that is trudging along the bottom of the Pac-12. Remember what happened in that Northwestern Stanford game in week one? Remember when we just thought it was like, oh, they got just a couple like good old like tough teams just grinding it out. No, those were two of the worst power five teams in the country playing. And that's what it looks like when two of the worst power five teams in the country play each other. Oregon State is coming off a bye. They can do one thing well, which is score some points. Stanford, I'm not convinced, can do anything particularly well. Oregon State at home, take the points. God, I love it. Yeah, I'm not locking it up, but I've me and Chip talked about this yesterday too. I I I like Oregon State here. I mean, this is another play because you know Chip and I are in a hole, so we've been looking for money line dogs 
to dig ourselves <laughs> out of the hole. And Oregon State was one of the dogs that came up. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a feel good story to see Oregon State get that Pac-12 win. It's gonna help the old Barton Simmons Oregon over two win total bet too. So double whammy on this one. Well, and you know, we're still dealing with. Uh, I I really believe we're still ahead of the market here. Like you yeah. might be looking at like Stanford. Maybe this should be a pick 'em. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like this. These two teams might be even, and to be able to catch four and a half, uh, that's that is uh, that's tasty. All right, Tom. All right, uh, I'm going to leave the Pac-12 for now, but spoiler alert, I'll be coming back later. And I'm going to the Big 12, where I am taking Baylor plus three at home against Iowa State. This interesting. Is, I th- I I think the wrong team's favored here. This is an Iowa State team that I think, if not for putting up 72 points, was it last week? 72? Yeah, it was Ohio State who had 76. Iowa State had 72. But if not for putting up 72 points last week against UL Monroe, I don't think Iowa State is this big of a favorite on the road. I think that is impacting this line. And I just look at this matchup. Iowa State's defense has been prone so far this season to allowing some big runs. And there are a few teams in the country so far this year that have been explosive in the run game as Baylor. In fact, there's only one team that's been more explosive than Baylor in the run game, according to the metric I use, and that's Oklahoma. And I feel like if you're in company with Oklahoma on offense, that's a good place to be. But I, I look at this, and I see Baylor can run the ball well. Iowa State has trouble stopping the run. Offensively, Iowa State has been much better passing the ball than they have been on the ground. They haven't really been able to replace David Montgomery to this point. They haven't found a reliable guy. So I think that if you're Iowa State, you're going to want to, you know, with Brock Purdy, move the ball through the air to get, you know, your your damage done on offense against Baylor. But guess what? It's going to be windy in Waco on Saturday. Current forecasts are calling for 15 to 16 mile crosswinds through the game. And crosswinds don't do well for passing attacks. So if Iowa State's passing attack is affected by the weather and they're unable to run the ball against Baylor, this is a game I like Baylor's chances of winning straight up. I'm going to take the three points, though, because, you know, I'll take any points I can get at this point. We need to we need to make up some ground on these locks. But I really like Baylor plus three versus Iowa State. Lock agreement. Oh. This is I, so the the middle of the Big Twelve. Matt Matt Rule knows this. Like you've got anything that could be a toss up game. Any like you just like are just scratching and clawing, and you're trying to use chicken wire to to hold the door secure to you know keep 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 the outsiders at bay from busting in. I mean, it is just it is nuts out there in the middle of the Big Twelve. This is a game at home. And I think that haven't we? Uh, it got pushed up to like a little national TV window too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think Baylor's a good football team. Iowa State is inconsistent, and I'm going with the home team in a toss-up game, catching points. This is this is the moment where uh, Matt Rule really starts to feel like the, the the corners being turned when you are able to take down a team that has beaten the likes of Texas and Oklahoma because then you get to start selling that like now now we get to jump up and we get to play the Iowa State role. I I think Baylor's a good football team 
and uh, and let's let's take let's take the home underdog here in conference play. Let's do it. Wow, you guys are. Um, I mean, I I just can't claim to have a good feel, good enough feel on on Baylor to actually uh, ride on this one. So I'm I'm excited about this game, uh, but I'm I'm I did, I really don't know who's going to win. So good luck to you. Baylor's going to win, Barton. We just told you <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I'll take us. So we got Baylor marked off. All right. You know, it's you gotta you gotta build yourself up for these because the when when you see one of college football's most storied rivalries on the board, you know you gotta throw the records out. And so when you turn your attention to Orlando, Florida and the civil conflict, you know. <laughs> That 43 is too many damn points for the civil conflict. Bob oh Diaco <laughs> did not create a trophy to see the Huskies <laughs> be a six touchdown underdog in the civil conflict. <laughs> I'm taking UConn plus 43. Too many points in a rivalry game. Well, wow. best man, do you have any talks you want to give your <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> to go through to go through a, a, a slate of college football games, an extensive slate of games, <laughs> Thursday to Saturday, and to circle Yukon as the one that looks looks the prettiest to you. Um whew. uh you know what? I already I already fired my best man bullet last week with Tom, and you know what the 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 relationship worked out in one of them. So who am I? Who am I to stop this love from taking from from blossoming? But oh goodness! Bart, right. Barton just hit me with love as love as love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I wish you Godspeed, and I I'll, you know I'll be pulling for you. <laughs> I mean, all right. So no, it, it is a ton of points. Oh, I get it. It is so many points, <laughs> and I yeah, I just to so many damn points. And uh, if if there's any kind of like, it is very possible that UCF uh, is not going to take this game seriously. It's very possible that UCF's. Uh, collective mental stake. We could have a little bit of uh, hangover, a little bit of letdown. You know that the pit game was wild, big emotional swings. Uh, I'm, I, I fear the fact that I might be needing a UConn backdoor touchdown to cover, but I'll, uh, I'll lay it. You shouldn't have a point spread that big in a rivalry game. UCF forty nine to seven. There we go. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, Tom. Uh, I Wait, what was the number you had on on this one on UConn? Was it forty so just for the for the for the ledger? Let's you can get it at forty four. <laughs> Plus forty four. <laughs> is that the is that? I think for the year, that's got to be the biggest number that that you play anyone's played on either side. Didn't Tom lock <laughs> up Northwestern State? He did. Uh, yeah, fifty-one right. and a half. Yeah, fifty-one <laughs> and a half. All right, I stand. I stand corrected. But I can, think. I, I think I've taken smaller unders. <laughs> <than> <laughs> <before>. <laughs> you definitely have. But yeah, 
You're getting the kind of spread that LSU got against an FCS team with a conference game. Mm-hmm. Well, Though soon to be non-conference game. Principal. Principal. Uh, you, you can't you can't lay six touchdowns in a rivalry game. Come on. Principal. Come on. Uh all right. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my first under of the week. And Chip, you kind of hinted at this earlier in the show. I'm I'm kinda you know you know how you are with your with your Mississippi State overs, Barton? Yeah. I'm kind of developing that kind of feel for South Carolina unders. And I'm taking the under 51 and a half in Kentucky and South Carolina. I was I went with it last week against Mizzou. It came through. It got a little sweaty at the end, but it was never that sweaty. And I just think that this is a matchup of two offenses who are not great. I think Ryan Holinsky's got potential, but to this point, he's been pretty you know much a young quarterback finding his way. I think Kentucky's offense without Terry Wilson has struggled to find its way. And I look at these two defenses as both being further ahead of their offenses. And in, in my chaos rate metric, these are both above average defenses, and they're also very good at limiting explosive plays. So I, everywhere I've looked when I'm doing the matchup in this game, I feel like the defense has maybe not a significant advantage, but a slight advantage over every you know the offense in every single aspect. And I think that 51 and a half is just a bit too high. This strikes me as a game that finishes more in that 24 to 21 range than in that 30 to 27 kind of range. So I like the under 51 and a half in Kentucky at South Carolina. Don't hate a lot, it. A lot of indifference out of me on this game. <laughs> Don't really know who's going to win. Don't really know how many points are going to get scored. Don't really understand these teams. Uh, so you're you're the you're the under expert. I'll trust you on that one. So you you're treating uh, the bottom of the SEC East as it's it's in the Barton Anonymous Conference. I mean, there's plenty of bottom of SEC East teams that I feel a lot. I mean, not plenty. I mean, hey, I, I was happy to jump on the Faye Vanderbilt line last week. There's there's some there's some opinions I have, but this game in particular is just. And the funny thing about this game, little inside of baseball on twenty four seven sports, is th- it's like a, it's like there's all these little South Carolina, um, there's there's a lot of fandom of South Carolina running through twenty four seven sports offices, and so this is like a bi- this is like a big game in the twenty four seven sports <laughs> office because there's also a little bit of Kentucky fandom, so. This is a rivalry game of sorts that I'm very interested in, but I have no no idea what's going to happen. So for the for you being in Nashville, South Carolina, Kentucky gets like I, I know what you're saying. Like or, or like Tom in uh, in Big Ten country or me in ACC country, you just catch that like yeah, people are really excited about State Wake right now. That well, kind of feeling. Th- here's the thing. Here's what it is: is because South Carolina is always favored in this game. And South Carolina has lost, like, what, the last four or something? And so there's this, you know, South Carolina is, is perpetually is a, fan, a fan base that feels like they're perpetually overlooked and under uh, disrespected. And, and then that overlooked and disrespected fan base is now playing a team that, by definition, has been overlooked and disrespected in this game. And so it's a, it's a lot of disrespected and overlooked bashing heads and uh it just makes for a little fun fun little rivalry (laughs) coming up on the other side the rest of our week five locks next 
the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Um, okay, Barton, back to you. All right, let's let's stick around in the in the SEC. Um, I mean, let me see. I, I think so. This will be. I've played Mississippi, a Mississippi State game. Uh, this will be like the third Mississippi State game of the year I've played. I think they're playing Auburn. Mm-hmm. I'm I. The expectation. I'm just sort of. This is going off of just talking to our Mississippi State 24/7 guys and and what they what they sort of are are hearing or feeling in terms of the suspensions week in week out. The expectation I think is that Willie Gay and Lee Autry will not be playing this week. Willie Gay and Lee Autry played last week and Willie Gay had a pick six and Kentucky was held to 13 points and Mississippi State won. All right, this week I think that they're not expected to play and they have an Auburn team coming to town that is uh, a physical bully of a football team and I don't want to overreact too much I got I feel like it's it's a little bit of a you know they go on the road and beat um beat Texas A&M and you know now a lot of people are probably jumping on Auburn so uh, you know while I worry about that a little bit, I mean, Mississippi State also to just beat Kentucky, a team that I don't know that people expected them to win as decisively as they did. So I think that evens out a little bit. I think this Auburn team is matches up well offensively with Mississippi State defensively. Tommy Stevens, if he's back, helps. Garrett Schrader, the true freshman quarterback for Mississippi State, is a tough kid. He's athletic. I like him, but if a defense can make him throw, I think that Mississippi state is going to struggle and Auburn, I think will be able to make him throw. So I'm not dipping into my, my overwhell because Auburn's defense is just that scary, but I am going to take Auburn minus 10 and a half. I just think that if they are focused and ready to play, and this game is at home. I don't see any reason why this thing doesn't get doesn't get pretty um, get, get away from Mississippi State. So I think Auburn. I think Auburn wins and wins and wins big. I had to put my sword away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm jumping on an under here, dude. I love Auburn unders. A one dimensional team that just can't pass the ball, so the clock never stops. I mean, 
the clock just drips away on an Auburn drive as they just continue to like plod their way around and like here's Whitlow's going to run it this way. Sean Shivers is going to run it this way. We're going to run this end around. Bo Nix is going to look at his, his first read, but not his second read and then just take off and run and slide for a seven yard gain. And and that combined with a very, very good Auburn defense that I do think is going to have a big time advantage against Mississippi state for all the reasons that you mentioned. I'm, I am on a little bit of an Auburn under train. Um, thanks to just sort of the way that team is built. They're four. No, that's awesome. I just, I just do not find them dynamic enough to believe that uh, this this game's not like it, they were on the SEC on CBS and and like that game went so much faster than most SEC on CBS games because of Auburn just being involved in it. So I'll uh, yeah I'm 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 on these Auburn unders for right now. I yeah, love I mean, I- principled. I love our principles. <laughs> That's that's I mean that and that's hey there's a reason why I'm not jump like typically that's the rule my my rule is if Willie Gay and Lee Autry are out for Mississippi State play the over and so you would think I would jump on this over but a lot of what you said is why I'm scared of it uh, and so uh, that's I feel like that makes that makes plenty of sense Chip. Um, all right, so we got five for Barton so far, five for Chip so far. Tom, back to you. Okay, I'm a. I'll go with another. Here we go. This is a line that I really just don't understand. I don't get it. Maybe there's something going on that I don't know. I'm taking NC State plus seven at Florida State. Why the hell am I going to lay a touchdown with the Seminoles right now? What in the world have the Seminoles done? to make me want to lay a touchdown with them against an ACC opponent. Give me the Wolfpack plus seven. I'm not even explaining it any more than that. Just give it to me. It's a very, that's a fair, it's a fair assessment. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to demand any more explanation than that. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think I follow you. I think I follow your logic there. Florida State. I, I mean, NC state can go win that game straight up. Yeah. Yeah. It's what just, is it? I saw that line and I was like, "Huh? Did did somebody on NC State did like half their offense get in a car accident this week? What's going on?" So, is there is there a scenario in which Florida State is not that bad? Florida State's pretty in, in which Florida State is pretty decent. They 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 very well could have beaten. Boise State. Obviously, they could have lost to UL Monroe, but they did. I mean, they beat UL Monroe. They, I mean, it was a close game against Virginia, and a Virginia might be pretty good. They beat Louisville. Louisville might be pretty good. So I agree with your play. I just think this will be another opportunity for us to actually figure out what, what Florida state is, because I think if they're, if Florida state is what most of us think Florida state is, this is going to be a close game or a loss. Um, but I mean, if what if Florida state goes and, and wins this game by 17, is there, do you start to look at that first four weeks a little bit differently? I don't. Yeah. I, I have a working theory that I haven't really brought up anywhere. I'll bring it up here. 
We've seen Florida State make a huge change on offense where they are, you know, they, they hired a Bryles. So they're moving at a lightning pace. And there's been a pretty common theme through their games where first half they play well, second half they completely fall apart. My theory is that defense is not in the kind of shape that it needs to be in to be, you know, because that's when, when you have an up tempo offense like that it changes things for your defense because your defense has to play a lot more snaps than it's been accustomed to. And that defense is not used to playing, being on the field as often as it has been this year because Florida State, when it does score, is still getting off the field really quickly or it's going three and out really quickly, sending that defense right back out there. So I'm wondering if it's a situation where that defense just doesn't have the conditioning to play this kind of style yet and it's really catching up to them in the second half of games. Maybe at some point they get into, you know, that that fixes itself and they they adapt to it and they become stronger in the second half. But until I see it, I'm not going to count on it. Yeah, Harlan Barnett is is used to the Michigan State style of, yeah. of, of complementing defense. And he doesn't quite have that to work with. Kendall Bryles, he even, I think he's even quoted saying, I don't. I, I'm not paid to worry about what the defense does. <laughs> He's like, I'm here, I'm here to score points. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of sim, uh, synergy in that uh, in that in that football program. I I feel like the you to Florida State is a team that against every like even when Florida State plays Clemson, I expect they will probably be a little bit more competitive. And it feels like this is a team that based on raw talent is going to be competitive but to me the extra pieces that make you a really good football team or a pretty good football team are some of the like uh just just some of the the neurons that aren't firing within the brain of that like Florida State team all the miscommunication all just kind of the 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 things that aren't working, the lack of synergy, the lack of cohesion, nothing, nothing seems to be plugged into the right socket right now. Like I think that is that's what keeps this team from falling short. The fact, the fact that they're able to take a close game against Louisville and uh, you know pull out a win, I pretty much give that credit to the players. And so, yeah, I mean, the, there is a scenario that Florida State is really competitive and really talented, but I don't think. At this point, you know, September 26, I don't know if we're going to see Florida State be a pretty good football team this year. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was agreeing. Um, all right, let's go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, I was, yeah, I was just thinking. I wonder if someone's going to play this game. I got, How about it? I got two plays on this. Nice. Ooh. I will be, uh, are we at 27, I hope? We are at 27 and a half. 27 and a half, yeah. All right, so let's, let's get 27 and a half dialed in while we can. And you know what? Let's also get this, uh, this Michigan over going. Because while the, you know, there have been a lot of uh, aspects of this start to this Michigan team that have been very troubling for uh, all the Michigan men and women out there. The one thing that I think will carry over is that two things happen when uh, when Michigan plays at home 
against a team like Rutgers, a team that it just can absolutely blow out of the water. And it blows them out of the water. And not only that, but we oftentimes end up seeing these games go over. Michigan home games against these lesser opponents. Overs have been a principle from previous seasons, so I'm pulling that into 2019. And then also just the situational spot that amidst all of the hand-wringing for Michigan's offense, I think that this game could be uh, a distraction, a temporary fix, just a, just a little something to numb the pain only for a week because that's kind of what this that's kind of what this fan base is looking for right now where you know uh, Brady Quinn talked about the fact that they're not taking deep shots. Well, guess what? The crossing routes can probably still go for 65-yard touchdowns against a team like Rutgers. So give give me Michigan. Give me the Michigan over, and let's just get ready to do push-ups with the marching band in Ann Arbor. I, I, you know, I'm with you on the over. I'm not, not, not locking it up, but yeah, I, I think I, I sense a get-right game for Michigan this weekend. What, whether it means anything going forward, I don't know. Right, but I right, right. It's going to be something that's going to throw off all the averages and the numbers. But I think in this spot, they can get right. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I, I guess I'd, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I actually picked, in our experts' picks for CBS, I think I actually picked Rutgers in this. I'm on a very, I'm, like, I'm very much on a kick this year where it's like, I'm, I don't, I'm not guessing anymore. I'm doing, like, what people tell me they are, I'm going to believe them to be. And Rutgers seems a little bit improved this year. Michigan is, is maybe offensively a little bit, different to the point where maybe they don't blow these teams out like like we're used to seeing and maybe they are still you know getting getting their their feet under them offensively so i get i get the theory here i get why you're doing it and i don't hate it but uh for for the record i'm not sure that i'm actually on that side i think i actually think my i'm 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 on the the rucker side and the cbs expert picks um all right so barton back to you um. Yeah, I think it's time to go back to the Pac-12. Too much time not talking about the Pac-12. Let's go to another premier game of the weekend. Washington at home against USC. This is a really interesting game for me. On the surface, I I would think this number is too big. USC has shown that they're a pretty good team this year. USC should at least be able to hang in there in this game. And let's let's go with the Trojans. But as you really dig on this game, and as I really think about it, for one, I mean, we saw what happened from start number one or, or, or first game action for Keaton Slovis versus second game action for Keaton Slovis. You know, he comes out the gate firing, then BYU game rolls around and they, they got some tape on him. He starts thinking a little bit and throws three picks and, and they lose. So, all right, Matt Fink comes out of the gates firing. Keaton Slovis still sounds like he's, he's in concussion protocol, so I, I would guess Matt Fink's our quarterback. Matt Fink has a huge game. Now he comes back and the adrenaline wears off a little bit and Washington has some tape. And some of those just, you know, prayers that he's throwing up there that Michael Pittman's 
Moss and dudes on might not work so well with Jimmy Lake's boys on the back end for Washington. I, I think that Jacob Eason is starting to click. I think the receivers are starting to play well. This game is is at home for Washington. This is a USC team that has been on an absolute grind through the early part of this season. I just think that this is a a statement game for Washington. Sort of make up for that Cal uh, slip up, and I think that Washington goes in here and just just absolutely pushes USC around. It doesn't hurt. Also, not not only is Keaton Slovis out, I think Teleno Hufanga's out. They're they're really talented safety that had a great game last week. So I just think Washington is a is a better team, and I think USC is a little worn down at this point. Yeah, I'm not locking it up because of the question between Slovis and Fink, and we don't know. But it is in my six pack this week. I am taking Washington laying the points for a lot of the things you said because whether it is Slovis or Fink, I feel like. As I discussed earlier, Utah has struggled with those kind of offenses in the past. But if it's Slovis or Fink, if it's a young and inexperienced quarterback, the one defense I'm not going to have much confidence in them going up against is a Washington defense who's going to be able to figure out how to exploit that youth and that inexperience and give them a lot of looks that they cannot dissect and they're not quite sure what to do with pre-snap, which could lead to you know mistakes after the snap. So... I, I agree. I think this is one of those games where, you know, Washington lost that game to Cal at like three in the morning and nobody saw it. And I feel like they have a chance in a spotlight game to make a statement to the rest of the country that says, hey, you know what, we're, we're still pretty good. And I, I think that they probably do, you know, win this game rather comfortably. Yep. Love it. Totally dialed in with you. Washington, Washington's going to uh, this, this is going to be bad. It's just going to be a, a Chris Peterson special right here. He loves beating up on the team that uh, he turned down. Let's go to Tom. Uh, we, are, we are relying on the power of the wind. We are taking UNLV at Wyoming under 48 and a half. I think that Wyoming is a solid defensive team. I don't think UNLV is very good offensively. And you put all that together with 18 mile an hour crosswinds at War Memorial Stadium. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of points being scored in this one, ladies and gentlemen. I like the under here. Nighttime, nighttime doesn't bother you on the the wind. You guys gave me a lesson. <laughs> I think it was last week about the sun and some some stuff well, that I didn't quite know. You see, Barton, Laramie is at a very high elevation. So whether it's night or not, you're still closer to the sun. So you got the more, you know, there's more of that energy powering the wind. Oh, I'm so glad the meteorologist had an answer for me. (laughs) Um, Hey, dentist, do you want to save the dentist for a few more picks? How many more logs do we have left? I've got, uh, I have two more. I've got one more. But I, I can roll Dennis now. You want to get with the Dennis got uh, cooking? Three. All right. So what's our what's our Dennis thinking? All right. The Dennis is is he's you know he is, obviously he's got a sweet spot, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking at that Bam Ole Miss game, and he's seeing the 
the way Alabama has absolutely been merciless on Ole Miss over the last few meetings. He saw the way that Ole Miss defense let uh, Chase Garbers look like he was a, a actual actually could throw the football, um, and he thinks that Ole Miss's offense could get a couple points along the board. He thinks over sixty one mm. is is the play. And I can't say that I disagree with him. It's a good play. I'm good with it. Yeah, I was laying uh I was I've been laying thirty eight. I just wasn't gonna pick wouldn't wasn't gonna pick Ole Miss to try and cover that spread. Uh I think I the over does sound even better there. Yeah, uh, I think Bama probably as I as the more I think about it, I think Bama probably covers that also. But uh all the better for the over because I think if it if they cover it I mean, Bama could be like they've been in the sixties, like the last what, the last two games? Yep, sixty-six mm-hmm. to three and sixty-two to seven. Yeah, so Bama might cover this thing by themselves. Uh, Tom. All right, uh, for my next pick, I am going with another under. I'm taking Kansas State at Oklahoma State under sixty and a half. Mm. Oh, so you like you like Kansas State to to dictate the pace in this one? I do. I think that they're going to be able to do enough on offense to keep the Oklahoma State offense off the field because so far this year we've seen Oklahoma State. Its its defense is not as bad as we've seen in recent years, but it, it's had some trouble stopping teams. And I think that the physicality of Kansas State. I I think this is my favorite Kansas State team since Colin Klein graduated and left i just really like what i've seen i feel like they have the ability to dictate that pace and milk a lot of clock off i don't know that they're going to win i think they can win i don't know that they will but i am more comfortable with the under and plus this is also another very windy game where winds will be between 13 and 14 miles an hour at t boone Pickens stadium so i think that's going to help although that's not the main factor behind this choice i just i think that stylistically this is going to be a lower scoring game that a lot of people are expecting fun week in the big 12 real that fun one, week iowa state baylor and that one are two two fun games i'm looking forward to um all right barton all right uh now for a couple games that i probably should just lay off of but can't resist i'm one of the big 10 um two games i'm thinking about um i'll start with I'll start with Wisconsin versus Northwestern. Uh, interesting stat. Northwestern has won nine straight against the spread as a road dog in the conference. Nine and oh, the last nine as a road dog in the conference against the spread. Wisconsin laying 24 and a half. All streaks must come to an end. The, this, this is... This is Stanford in the Big Ten. We saw them in Week One. I I get it that this like this feels like it's a very public play. We just saw Northwest Wisconsin dominate Michigan. Just saw another Northwestern clunker. But I'm just I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it this year. I'm going to trust what I see. Wisconsin could play a bad game and blow Northwestern out. This is. 24 and a half points is just not enough. I don't see how Northwestern is going to – their quarterbacks – Hunter Johnson's completing like 40% of his passes. I think he's got like one touchdown and five interceptions. It's they, – they can't move the ball on this Wisconsin defense, and I think Wisconsin's offense is – that they are um, immune to bad days because they're just going to push you around. And so 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay 24 and a half and take Wisconsin. Hey Tom, how many uh, Power Five teams don't have an explosive passing play yet this year? Uh, one. Who is it? Northwestern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, you can get it at 24. I'll take it at 24. That, that's a. That's I a, think you'll be fine anywhere up to 28. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Northwestern might not score. Uh, I don't think Northwestern gets out of single digits in this game. Hashtag we won't score at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, is, there, is there another Big Ten game you want to play? Well, yeah, you-, you want me to throw my last log on here? Yeah. Um, this one is Indiana at Michigan State. Ugh. <laughs> I just think that number is way too big. 14 points for a like Michigan State. This is there's been really good Michigan State teams and this Michigan State team might have a pretty good record at the end of the year, but this is not among the 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 spectrum of of Michigan State teams. I'm not putting this near the top and among the spectrum of Indiana teams, I'm not putting this one near the bottom. I think this is an Indiana team that's competitive. I think this is an Indiana team that if they go in and win this game in East Lansing, like I'm not going to be shocked if Michigan State wins this one. By like th- what they did against Northwestern last weekend is uh, the the minimum of what you're supposed to do against Northwestern. I think if you're a good team, so I I mean without overanalyzing this one too much, I just think Indiana is much more capable than they should be catching 14 points. Uh, against this Michigan State team. So give me Indiana plus the points. Your blood, Mark D'Antonio permanent grimace face is just frowning even harder, finding out that Barton Simmons has stabbed him in the back. No, 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 not true. Because even if I was, even if, if I had with Michigan State at 11 and one this year as a prediction, I still wouldn't be like confident that they're going to go blow teams out. That's not how they do it. That's not what Mark D'Antonio does. So this is this is consistent with even a positive view of this Michigan State team, I think. I uh, have found that it's good to bet against Michigan State as a two-touchdown favorite this year. There you go. Arizona uh, State beat them. That's right. Tom? Uh, all right, I have... Let's see. Two picks left. I'll start with this one. I was originally going to take Arkansas State and the points in this matchup, but then it was announced yesterday that Arkansas State's quarterback, um, what's his name? It is Logan Logan Bonner, Bonner is out for the season with a thumb injury, which, you know, really affected my idea of taking Arkansas State in this game. But it does make me like the under a little bit more. So I am taking Arkansas State at Troy under 60. I'm not sure how many points Arkansas State's going to be able to score without its starting quarterback, and that makes me a little more comfortable than the spread in either direction here. I think this is – I don't think the total in this game has properly reacted to the injury news yet, so I'm trying to get on this one before there's a correction, before people realize what's going on. Under 60. I mean, Tom, you you really are in your bag right now. Under 48.5, UNLV, Wyoming. Under 60.5, Kansas State, Oak State. Under 60, Arky State, Troy. That's how you yeah, get I'm it. I'm telling you, I'm feeling good this week. 
Mountain West and Sunbelt Unders. That's a that is an on brand weekend for for Tom. Sunders. <laughs> um, my final log to throw on the fire is uh, it's going to be in Chapel Hill because uh, can I can I guess? Yeah, sure. Are you playing North Carolina? Oh yeah, nice. Absolutely. Get in there. Yeah, no this. North Carolina's problem is that they've been playing up and down to opponents. And look, South Carolina is not Clemson. Miami is certainly not Clemson. But that team right now seems to have uh, a consistency and an energy and a little bit of a focus issue depending on who's, uh, who's across the field. They're, you know, they're they're still kind of a flighty team. They're still trying to trying to dial in. That's what Mac Brown wants. Talked to him this week. He sounded very very frustrated that uh, that his team was so up and down. Well, for a team that's up and down and a little bit volatile in terms of its uh, energy level, its focus, and those sorts of things, I I expect that they will be uh, they will be they're very alert uh, with this nationally televised game and the number one ranked Clemson Tigers in town. Twenty seven is. Uh, a lot of points and I think that North Carolina in this game with Sam Howell can get to 17 and I think that that should be enough to uh to get me this cover so I'll take the Tar Heels I kind of eyed this game too I will say if as you look at Clemson's schedule and you just try to envision where the surprising close game surprising let up spot is this is this seems like the most likely spot to me i mean north you could like it's very easy to envision north carolina really giving them a run and then you're looking back and be and because this is this is shaping up as the clemson season where they just do what they're supposed to do and they don't do it in all that impressive fashion and they just go 12 like an understated 12 and 0 and I, I, I kind of like this spot here for North Carolina to to make it a game. Yeah. I trust Chip when it comes to his beloved Tar Heels. I uh, just, I mean, the, did you know the North, that Clemson basketball has never won in Chapel Hill? That's an interesting stat to bring up. Ofer. Yeah. <laughs> do, do we, are do we believe that to be relevant? Now I now I really believe in the pit. <laughs> well, no the question the question was and North Carolina's basketball team uh, starts practice today. The question was if you were a North Carolina fan, would you trade the streak for a win against number one Clemson at home? It would be the biggest win in program history, in my opinion. One, just oh. one basketball loss? Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I would trade they- that. Surely they would, right? Or like, are we just totally miss like uh, miss diagnosing like who North Carolina is as a basketball community? Like they wouldn't even give up one loss for a football win against the number one team in the country. It's not like that would knock them out of the tournament. I, it's it does say something about the North Carolina basketball community that uh, the people who were running those Twitter polls this week it was far more split than you would imagine. Wow. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I get it to a certain extent. I feel like, you know, obviously, if you have a basketball program with the history of North Carolina and you have that streak, that streak is still a pretty cool thing to hang over somebody's head. That said, me, me being more of a football right. ter- 
guy. I would trade that streak for a win over number one in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, if they if they beat Clemson as the number one team in the country, that's like that picture is plastered all over their football building for the for the for the history of the football program. Yes, like the, at the end of time, that will be the iconic moment in North Carolina football. Yes. And, you know, beating Clemson in a basketball game, you were favored by 16. Really not a big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, all right. So I'm I'm all tapped out. Y'all I got both one up? left. Okay. What you got? Going back to my boo. Taking UCLA <laughs> plus six and a half at Arizona. Chip's back, baby. Yes. Chip's got them boys going. That, yes. that second half against Wazoo, man, they figured things out. They got in the groove. They know who they are. They know what they can do. And they are going on the road to face an Arizona defense that currently ranks 118th in the nation in pass defense when it comes to allowing explosive plays. They give up big plays in the passing game. And you know what UCLA's offense has been good at? Big plays in the passing game. It's really the only thing they're good at is getting the occasional explosive play in the passing game, as we saw last week at Wazoo. I think Chip's got it figured out. I think Arizona's got a bit of a leaky defense. I am worried that Khalil Tate and that offense can get the ball moving pretty good against UCLA. But I do think this is going to be another shootout, maybe not on the same exact level what we saw with Wazoo and UCLA last week. But I like the over as well. It's at 71.5. I think things are going to get a little crazy. While we're recording the pod on Saturday night during this one, but I think at the end, whether they win or lose, UCLA will be within six and a half points of the Arizona Wildcats. Lock it up. We're going gold and powder blue. Bruins, baby. Love you. (laughs) Yes. With with five minutes left in the third quarter last week, UCLA was accusing you of, of looking at another girl. You guys were both drunk, yelling at each other, toxic relationship, and then... Before the end of the game, y'all had your hand in each other's back pocket, just tongue down each other's throat. Just mm-hmm. classic volatile mm-hmm. relationship between you two. And now you're going back to the well. So That hotel room will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to you. Thank you. Kevin Sumlin also might... Uh, him tweeting the eye emojis at Texas A&M. Yeah, speaking of X... Somebody might have been looking at his ex a little too much last week. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about. I don't. I don't like that karma. I don't like that juju there, uh, Coach. Take his eye off the ball a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, Barton, you got anything left? Um, I'm I'm cashed out. Okay, to review, Tom's card: Washington State plus six against Utah, Arizona State plus five, Baylor plus three. The under 51.5 in Kentucky, South Carolina. NC State plus 7. The uh, trio of unders here. Uh, UNLV, Wyoming, under 48.5. Kansas State, Oklahoma State, under 60.5. And and under 60 for Arkansas State. And Troy, then his beloved Bruins. UCLA plus 6.5. And And hey, Tom, do we want to tell the people, is that a little sprinkle, maybe? Just go and get that W. That's a little sprinkle. That's that's a little money line sprinkle dinkle. All right. Uh, Barton's card <laughs> under 54 and a half in Memphis Navy, Navy in that Thursday night action. Uh, of course, Arizona State plus five. That is our uh, lock unity over 41 in Arizona State Cal, Oregon State plus four and a half, Auburn minus 10 and a half, Washington minus 10 and a half, Wisconsin minus 24, and Indiana plus 14. Uh, Chip's card Notre Dame minus 12 and a half. 
the uh, the lock unity of Arizona State plus five, Baylor plus three. That's a lock agreement with Tom. The uh, the UConn Huskies plus forty four in the civil conflict against UCF. The under forty seven in Auburn Mississippi State, Michigan. A little double play here. One play on them, minus 27.5 against Rutgers. The other one on over 49. And then the University of North Carolina fighting Mac Browns against Dabo Sweeney, plus 27. Oh, and the dentist, over 61 in Ole Miss Bama. And that one got a, a hearty endorsement from the group. All right. Uh, please remember, if you want, uh, our five-star reviews are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. During this weekend's action, if you want to ask a question that we will answer or make a comment or point us to a game or a play or something unique about the weekend that you want to hear discussed on the Instant Reaction Podcast on Saturday night, head on over to the Cover 3 Podcast page, leave a five-star, leave a five-star review, uh, and in that, have your question, and we will get to that. So thank you very much for doing that uh, in advance. And if you have already reviewed uh and five star rated our podcast you can always get at us on twitter you can follow him on twitter at barton simmons you can follow him at tom fernelli you can follow me at chip underscore patterson uh gentlemen week five let's go thank you very much undefeated okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.